episode 30 of the Girls in Movement podcast where we talk to founders and influencers from across the globe. Girls in Movement is a not-for-profit project looking to empower young girls in India. We have a very exciting guest on our show today and I'm sat here with a cup of their famous drink in my hand. We're speaking to Alex who is co-founder of Tuk Tuk Chai, um, a unique Indian drink which is hitting shelves everywhere. There's a really nice and authentic backstory to this brand and really close to home for me. And I suppose since developing the brand, they are now being stocked in Sainsbury's, Harvey Nicks and now selling on Amazon as well. They recently hit the headlines after turning turning down investment from Dragon's Den, which we would love to hear more about. So without further ado, I welcome Alex, co-founder of Tuk Tuk Chai. How are you, Alex? Hello. Hi, Polly. Thank you very much for um, inviting me to join the podcast today. Um, Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. And yourself? Yeah, no, I'm really good. And honestly, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We know how busy you guys are. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, let's start from the beginning. So, yourself and Rupesh um, are co-founders of Mm -hmm. Tuk which is a great brand. And I suppose it'd be great for our audiences to know what were you doing prior to this venture? Okay, so, um, right, so um, it's worth mentioning as well that Rupesh and I are husband and wife as well. <laughs> um, so Rupesh uh, came to England in 2002, and for the last um, just over 10 years, he's been running his own um, telecommunications business. Um, so he's been doing that with um, through saving from this business that's what enabled us to um, set up to Chai. For well, my my part, I was from a completely different industry, and um, I've been a charity fundraiser over the last ten years, so working for large to smaller um, charities in the UK. Excellent. And tell us about how did Tut Tut Chai come about? How did it start? Okay, so um, basically, I so I'm French. Rupesh is from Kerala, so we travel to India um, almost every other year or every year. And I've grown obsessed uh, with authentic chai uh, made either per, by Rupesh's mom or on the streets of India by the Chaiwalas. And obviously, when we get back home in the UK, you can't find real authentic chai. It's either um, really, um, I find quite synthetic t- tasting um, powders or tea bags at best, or um, you know, flavorings or syrups. So it was really not the real deal. So I used to ask Rupesh to brew it, to bring the tea from India and then brew it at home. Obviously, it's quite complex. It takes time and it makes a mess. So he ended up uh, <laughs> a bit fed up with it. So that's really the background story. And then um, one day while actually traveling in India, the idea came up that um, there was no such thing as a ready-to-drink authentic chai. And also um, the fact that chai is actually milk tea in the nation of tea drinkers, so it made a lot of sense to um, launch the first ever authentic chai or also authentic um, iced milk tea. 
so for those who don't know um, what Alex was talking about previously of how chai is quite a long process to kind of uh, make the ingredients. Um, personally, I'm from an Asian background and when my mom says when guests come over that you have to put the chai on, it's a long process and you just don't want to be doing it compared to just putting the kettle on. So, yeah, I get I get the thought that why not think of something which can be in a carton and still taste just as good and it actually does um so yeah I gave it to my grandparents as well and I told them that I had made it they first didn't believe but yeah they, they absolutely loved it um oh, so thank you, <laughs> thank you. It's, really good, it's a really good concept um, and I love that it's come out of um such a beautiful place like Kerala as well which is very cool um what have been sort of the biggest uh challenges I suppose of getting this brand up and running <laughs> <laughs> where do we start so um, <laughs> I think <laughs> the biggest challenge I think has been the um, the actual development of the product because yeah. as you said okay it's a bit tricky to make at home in the kitchen but obviously you know it's fine um, the recipe obviously we didn't invent in the sense that you know it's, an, it's a national recipe across India but what made the, the real challenge was taking it to the large scale so taking it to the um, to a fa finding a factory first of all who could brew tea with milk was an absolute um, close to impossible task. We wow. eventually found the one and only factory who could do it in Europe. So we did that. So eventually we found the factory. So that was fine. But then obviously as we kept developing the pro um, the, the product, it took us two years to perfect the recipe because um, the reaction the some sort of reaction um, when you do it large scale, which would turn the whole <laughs> project into oh. anything but chai. So we had to keep trying. It cost a lot of money as well. So as a startup, it's quite tricky. Um, so yeah, it took us two years. So that was definitely the worst challenge, I think. Um, how big's the team at the moment then? <laughs> so it's Rupesh uh, full time and me part time. Nice. Okay, Not well, even part time. I mean, you've when when you see the brand in Sainsbury's, I find it phenomenal that it's just the two of you working on this. Um, it's, yeah, you've done very very well. So yeah, huge credit Thank to you, you. both. Um, Thank you. I okay, mean, so we um sorry, I was going to say we outsource some of the work. Um, yeah. We have third parties helping us, and we carefully select them. But yes, um, that's the core brand, the core team. Yeah. No, and and that's that's what startups do now, and it's a lot of freelance. Mm. Have to outsource, um, which exactly. is a lot more cost effective as well, which we all know has been part of startups. Mm. Um, so, talk to us about the experience on Dragon's Den. How did that come about and what happened? Okay, so how did that come about in the sense of um, why did we decide to go? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I think as a startup, the idea um, often comes up that this could be the route to securing investment. Obviously, we'd come to a point where Tukicha needed some um, some external investment. We couldn't just keep putting all of our personal savings into it. So Dragonstone came up as a great opportunity. Um, and to be honest, although we, so as you know, we got um, an investment offer from Peter Jones, which we accepted on the den, um, although we've decided mutually to part ways, um, it's a it was a great experience that we don't regret taking part in at all. It's um, first of all the fact that uh, you have uh, five very 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 successful business people um, able to um, to give you feedback on your product and your strategy. It's great. Either you know for us it was quite reassuring that we were doing the right thing. Um, 
Deborah, for instance, said that we had an awful lot of things right. So it was quite reassuring because, you know, you sometimes wonder in the early stages, oh, are we really going about things the right way? So you need some people from outside to to get back to you. So that was great. And um, yes, the exposure was amazing as well. And we were quite lucky that the Dragons really loved our product. So it was a great endorsement as well. Yeah, no, and like you say, I mean, what better group of five people to have um, criticising and critiquing your product, which I don't think there was a lot of critiquing, really, because I think it was a great mm. concept. It was very positive, yeah. Very good. Um, and what made you turn down eventually um, the investment? Because it wasn't a small amount. I mean, was it? Uh, yeah, it was hundreds of thousands of pounds. So what happened is, obviously, um, we were there for over an hour, an hour and a half on the den, but the edit is cut down to less than 15 minutes, so you don't see every conversation that goes through. The way they've edited it makes it sound like um, we gave away £100,000 for a traditional investment offer um, based on 33.3% equity. The reality is, on the den, Peter Jones said he wanted to be an equal partner with us and share equal responsibility with us which um, justified a third of the company. However, when we um, went back to meet with his team, we realized that it was not exactly that. Um, It was just a traditional offer, so a traditional investment. So that was, (laughs) considering we'd gone in asking for £100,000 for 5%, that was a big jump. Um, So we, from our point of view, it didn't make sense. And Peter Jones' team were very conscious of you know, they wanted us to join only on the basis that we were satisfied and, you know, it was working for everyone. So that's why we shook hands and decided to part ways. And then eventually we decided to go to the crowd. And by the way, that's something that we um, we mentioned on the den as well. And Deborah Meaden um, said to us that was the best strategy for us to go to crowdfunding and build an army of um, brand ambassadors who would oh, well. shout about something shy. So that's why we decided to go to the center of the crowd and we raised three times more. We raised £300,000 for much less um, equity. Oh, wow. No, that's that's really good. And it's great that even Deborah kind of gave you the advice around um, crowdfunding as well, because obviously that's in the mm. back of you. But I mean, for those who don't know as well, crowdfunding is uh, it's a long process to even get to the point where it's live on the website, etc. But the positives of crowdfunding is definitely that the um, kind of attraction that you get from lots of different uh, individuals and people buying your product all of a sudden, which is a huge positive. Um, so, I mean, what a great way to do it. You're on Dragon's Den and then also live on a crowdfunding site, which is really yes. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think we, we, we definitely are happy we took down that route in the end. Good stuff. And you recently had a trip to Kerala then, so back to kind of um, the hometown, yep. I suppose, for Rupesh. But talk to us about that. What were you doing out there? And was it just kind of a family visit or were you doing other stuff out there as well? OK, so um, so we visited in August, which um, sadly coincided with the worst floods in um, 100 years in Kerala. So um, it was not the ideal time to be there. It was really sad because we kept hearing of our family was safe, but of people who had been affected by the flood, either you know, one of our friend's mom, for instance, was stranded on her roof for quite a while. So you know, those kinds of, of stories, people had lost everything. So it was not really the best 
the best time. We were supposed to go to um, to visit the tea plantation, um, tea and spice plantation that we work with. Um, obviously, they got affected not directly themselves, but the whole area was affected by um, by the flood, so that was cancelled because we obviously wanted to combine it with a work trip. So all of the plans got kind of cancelled, but we still managed to um, to do a bit of um, to do a few things, so see family and um, visit a couple of, um, spend a bit of time in Port Kuchi, etc. And then took a train to Bangalore, got stuck overnight because of the floods. <laughs> 24 hour on an Indian train, that was interesting. Oh, not, not, not the most fun. <laughs> well, to be, fair, to be fair, I felt they were more comfortable than our trains because you had oh, those, um, those beds. <laughs> So you have more room. It's not. It was not as horrendous, and obviously half of it was in the night, so they're kind of sleeping. So, <laughs> so it was not that horrible, but it's just not knowing how long more it was going to take and very little food. We 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 fed ourselves on chai and biscuits. <laughs> not a bad combination. And would um, Tuk Tuk Chai ever take the product to Kerala? Is it stocked anywhere there or anywhere in India? No, it's not. Up there is something that we're thinking about at one point, yeah. but it's not on our plan for now. Fair enough. And what are the future plans then for 2019? I mean, you're stocked in Sainsbury's, uh, Harvey Nicks, Amazon, and are there any that I'm missing there? And, and what's the future plans for 2019? So, um, the priority for us is to grow our base in uh, Sainsbury's. We're currently based at 100 and a bit, just about just under 110 stores in Sainsbury's. So we're hoping to grow the listing to right. 400 stores. And the key priority for us is to raise brand awareness. Yeah. Obviously, um, there's a, a small number of people who know about us. But because we create, we've created a completely new uh, vertical or a new category in the supermarket, we really need to shout about it and um, get people to try it, um, test it, love it, and buy it again. Yeah, 100%. And my final question um, to yourself, Alex, uh, which I ask mm -hmm. all my guests, um, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Hmm. I think um, <laughs> there's the, there would be plenty, but I think in terms of work, um, I think to be a bit more less worried about what others think and um, less worried about taking risks. I think yeah. uh, be more explorative because I think when you're young out of university you don't always know what exactly you want to do so you might go into what you feel comfortable about. I never in my life envisaged that I would run a business <laughs> yeah, no, um, exactly. but if you'd told me that 10 years ago I would have never believed it so yeah. you know it shows that you know as you get a little bit older maybe you become a bit more you you, you um, take a bit more risk you challenge yeah. yourself maybe a little bit more that's what happened for me anyway no that's really good I suppose you kind of as you get older you think what have you got to lose whereas young when you're young exactly yeah it's encouraging to know that there's lots of young entrepreneurs starting now fresh out of university and some even yeah. in secondary school <coughs> which is yeah, there's, um, there's a new culture I think that in a way yes this generation of young people they're way more Daring, I think, and um, I'm very entrepreneurial. It's quite, <laughs> you know, um, I think <laughs> they're, they're very hardworking and um, yes, entrepreneurial. Where maybe for us, for me, certainly at university, people were 
more into parties and taking it a bit easy. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've just met a few people, young people now. I think I can't believe what they've achieved. I'm just so young. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing phenomenal. to see. Amazing, yeah. very inspiring. Yeah, exactly. It's very inspiring. And um, no, your brand is a great brand for young people to look up to, especially within the food and drink industry, because it's so saturated. And to get your brand on the shelf in Sainsbury's, like you would have fought your way through a lot of competition. So, yeah, huge credit yes. to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a guest, Alex, on the podcast. Um, huge thank you. And if you want to download the podcast, it's live on, on iTunes. Um, just type in the Girls in Movement. And of course, it will be live on YouTube and every social media channel under the sun. So again, thanks so much, Alex. No, thank you so much. Thank you and good luck. Thank you. Thank you.